In today's episode of the Bry Guy Cast, we will be discussing college football, particularly the Buckeyes, uh, the NFL, some of the big games that happened this weekend, and my favorite team, the New York Jets. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Bry Guy Cast. Uh, I'm Brian Flatow. Um, and on this podcast, we will simply be discussing some of my favorite things in this world. Uh, today, we're going to start with one of my favorite things, if not my favorite thing in this world, and that is football. Uh, I played football as a little kid. I recommend it to anybody. I think it was something that made me the person who I am today. And I've been following football for as long as I can remember. So I very much enjoy the sport. It's much more of a, uh, of a lifestyle than a sport uh, to me. So we're going to start today with Ohio State football, who obviously had a huge game this weekend. They took on the Michigan Wolverines. Um, that's a huge rivalry game, but you just got to start wondering, is it even still a rivalry? Michigan uh, losing eight straight games to the Buckeyes. I mean, it is getting brutal for the Wolverines, and here at Ohio State, we can't be any happier. Uh, this weekend, Ohio State took down Michigan with a final score of 56-27. to uh, Ohio State improved to twelve and zero in the year, nine and zero in the conference. Michigan fell to nine and three, losing, ending their four game winning streak, where a lot of people were saying they were coming in very, very hot with a decent chance to beat the Buckeyes. Obviously, that did not come into fruition. The game started off pretty close. Uh, Michigan in the first half was very efficient in the passing game. Uh, they they got definitely the majority of their completions in that first half. Shea Patterson, their quarterback, ended up finishing with three hundred and five yards. Uh, only one touchdown, and he did have that inter- interception late in the game and a low completion percentage at, uh, considering the fact that in the second half he just did, did not complete many passes. Uh, Shea Patterson was 18 for 43 in that game. Uh, as far as running the ball goes, Michigan did end up piling up some uh, some yards late. We did see that happen, but it was definitely their passing game was their most efficient way of ever moving the ball. Uh, even if it was inefficient in that second half. Hassan Haskins, their running back, finished the game with 12 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown. Uh, decent stat line, averaging 6.5 yards per carry, but a lot of that did come in garbage time. So he was essentially ineffective, but not nearly as ineffective as that Michigan defense was. Uh, they had a tough time stopping the run this weekend. J.K. Dobbins for Ohio State, 31 carries, 211 yards. That's an average of 6.8 yards per touch. And he added four touchdowns, which was just, well, more, quite simply more touchdowns than Michigan had the entire game. Uh, he had a long of 41 yards in that game. Very impressive day from Dobbins. If anything, he made his Heisman case significantly stronger uh, with this week's performance. Uh, another guy who made his Heisman case much stronger was Justin Fields. Yeah, he was 14 for 25 with 302 yards and four touchdowns. QB rating of 88.8. Uh, he went down in this game with an injury uh, at one point, and it looked it looked kind of bad. He was in a lot of pain on the ground, holding his knee. They put a brace on him. He came right back out. Next play, he threw a touchdown to Garrett Wilson. It was a beautiful throw. Uh, as far as receiving goes for Ohio State, Garrett Wilson had three catches, 118 yards for a touchdown, like I just mentioned. Um, Chris Olave, two catches, 68 yards and a touchdown. He had that big touchdown early in the game. Austin Mack had three catches for 39 yards and a touchdown, and K.J. Hill had two catches for 17, for 17 yards excuse me, and one touchdown. Those were Fields' four touchdowns of the day. 
Fields also added six carries for 25 yards. Um, a few other players adding to the stat line in the receiving category this week were J.K. Dobbins, who had two catches for 49 yards. Both tight ends got in on the action. Uh, Luke Farrell had one catch for 14 yards, and Jeremy Ruckert caught a ball for four, for four yards. Um, as far as fumbles go, J.K. Dobbins had one fumble in this game, but it was not such a big deal as he picked it up right away and ended up running for about 20 yards after it. Uh, that was early in the game in the first quarter, right when it looked like in, oh, Michigan was going to hang around in this game. As at the end of the first quarter, the final score was 14-13, to 13, Ohio State. Uh, I got to say, I was a little nervous watching that back at home at that point, but the Buckeyes ended up coming on top as they proved that they should be the number one team in the country. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Justin Fields has skyrocketed atop the Heisman race here. I mean, granted, he is still behind Joe Burrow, as Joe Burrow, I mean, he's been putting up ridiculous numbers this year. He's got a 78.3% completion percentage, 4,366 yards. He just broke the SEC record this week, no big deal. Uh, 44 touchdown passes with only six interceptions. I mean, Burrow's been incredible. He's leading the other top team in the country, the 12-0 LSU Tigers. But Justin Fields here has definitely entered the conversation in my mind. Uh, His yard totals are not as high with only 2,654 yards in the passing game. Um, But when you look at Justin Fields, yeah, it's rushing totals too. Uh, he had 68 yards rushing against Penn State, 25 only 25 against Michigan, but he gets rushing touchdowns pretty often also as he had rushing touchdowns in the game against Maryland. He had a rushing touchdown in the game against Wisconsin, which was another huge game for him. Uh, two rushing touchdowns early in the year against Miami, Ohio, two more against Cincinnati, who's a ranked team. They're very, very good. Uh, added, two, added two more in the Indiana and FAU games. Uh, one in the Nebraska game, one in the Michigan State game. I mean, the guy runs, and he does a lot on the ground for this team, and you really can't overlook that. But the one thing I think, when you look at Justin Fields and not being able to overlook his success going on with the uh, with the Ohio State Buckeyes this year, as they are the number one team in the country, and you have to, remind, and you have to keep that in mind when you're voting for the Heisman, um, is his touchdown-to-interception ratio. He's 37 touchdowns this year only in the passing game, with just one interception. That is ridiculous. You don't see that from any quarterback. Nonetheless, a guy that's starting for his first year in uh, in college football. And you also have to remember, he only plays half games. Uh, the Buckeyes blow out so many teams that the quarterback, the backup quarterback's in in the second half of the game and half the games that we've played so far this year. So when you look at Justin Fields, I think he definitely needs to be considered for even jumping Joe Burrow here in the Heisman race, especially if he could have a huge game against Wisconsin next week. And the other guy who jumped into the uh, Heisman race this week was J.K. Dobbins. He had his Heisman moment this week. 31 carries, 211 yards, four touchdowns. He just was absolutely amazing. He upped his Heisman, upped his yardage total, excuse me, on the on the season to 1,657 yards. He's got 19 touchdowns. Uh, he also added 17 receptions for 200 yards and two receiving touchdowns. He doesn't fumble the ball either. He has zero fumbles this year, four fumbles lost. And when you look at that, you have to say this is another guy that plays half games. Master T gets in almost every second half of the game for the Buckeyes. So when you look at the Heisman race now and you say Joe Burrow's playing real well, you say Justin Fields is playing real well and J.K. Dobbins, I just think it's impressive that we might send at least two Buckeyes to New York as 
Chase Young might also get in there too. He's been unbelievable on the defensive side of the ball. Probably the best football player in the nation is Chase Young. Anyway, we're going to transition here to the NFL. Um, one of the biggest games of the year yesterday, the 10-1 San Francisco 49ers traveled to Baltimore to face the 9-2 Baltimore Ravens, who have just been tearing it up right now. Lamar Jackson, their quarterback, certainly the MVP favorite thus far in the season. And he played like it yesterday. Uh, yesterday, he was 14 for 23, only 105 passing yards with one passing touchdown. He doesn't typically do so much through the air, but... Like we all know, Lamar Jackson is known for his running ability. He had 16 carries yesterday for 101 yards. Uh, the most 100-yard rushing games from a quarterback since 1950. So if he's doing things we don't see, and he added a touchdown on the ground too. That's an average of 6.3 yards per carry. Uh, just ridiculous for a quarterback. Um, getting their receiving touchdown was Mark Andrews, who's been incredible so far this season. He got three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. Other than that, their receiving yards were... Rather pedestrian for the Ravens. Uh, we knew this was going to be a defensive battle in the rain between two of the premier defenses in the league. As far as the Niners go, uh, they competed very well. They ran the ball with force. Raheem Mostert, one of their top running backs uh, in, the, in the best committee of running backs in the NFL, with 19 carries for 146 yards, added a touchdown on the ground. Um, Tevin Coleman, uh, a bad day for Tevin Coleman. Only five carries for six yards. That was it for him. But throwing the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo was efficient in his completion percentage, but not great as far as yards and touchdowns. He was 15 for 21 with only only 165 yards and one touchdown. And that may have been what resulted in the Ravens win in this game. Uh, both teams were very well coached in this one. The Ravens ended up coming on top uh, with a 20-17 victory. It was a game-winning field goal from Justin Tucker. Uh, who is clearly the best kicker in the league. Uh, we might see these two teams play again in the Super Bowl. These are two teams that are clearly very, very good, playing some great football right now. Uh, and, yeah, it was just a huge matchup yesterday. Very exciting to watch. Uh, another big game went on in the AFC yesterday as the Patriots traveled to Houston and take on the Texans. Patriots with the best defense in the league thus far, but beating up on some rather uh, some rather easy opponents. Their competition has not been great this year. That's been the knock on New England. Uh, Houston, 7-4 and four going into this game. Uh, they've been rather inconsistent. Deshaun Watson's been great at quarterback sometimes, but sometimes he's been eh, not so great. So we look at the stat line in this game. Watson came to play. 18 for 25, 234 yards, three touchdowns in the air, and, and a receiving touchdown thrown by his top receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they ran the ball with authority. Duke Johnson, 36 rushing yards. Not so not great yardage totals, but he was effective when they needed him to be effective. Only on nine carries for him also. And he was very great in the passing game. He had five catches, 54 yards, and a crucial touchdown early in that game. Uh, as far as their top receiver goes, DeAndre Hopkins, five catches, 64 yards. Being shadowed by Stephon Gilmore is not easy. He's probably the best corner in the game, but he's also the best receiver in the game. So it was a matchup everybody was looking forward to, and Hopkins definitely looked like he won it. Uh, Kenny Stills added three catches for 61 yards and a touchdown, and Darren Fells with two catches, 23 yards, and one touchdown. The bottom line here is the Texans offense showed up this game, and the New England Patriots offense did not. Brady's numbers look good, but he had 90 passing yards on that last drive to pad his stats. Uh, bad interception, he should have thrown a few more. 
missed a ton of throws in this game. James White was very good in this game. James White had 79 yards on the ground, uh, eight, eight catches for 92, 98 yards and two touchdowns in the air off 11 targets. So he was very efficient. So was Edelman. Edelman was great too. But they just couldn't get much going on offense, and that's been a, that's been a theme these last couple of weeks as their schedule stiffened. Uh, the Patriots have had trouble going on offense. Ended up losing this game 28-22. It was not that close, though. The game, garbage time touchdowns and things like that made this game seem closer than it was. But in reality, the Texans came to play and the Patriots did not. And that was definitely interesting because you don't see that from New England. Or we're not used to seeing that from New England. And it might be time to start considering the fact that New England might not be as good as we thought. Uh, their record is 10-2, and but like I said, weak competition um, has led them to that record. And in both games against playoff teams, consi- granted, the Eagles or the Cowboys, they, they beat them, but they will, they're not premier teams in the NFC by any means. They're both struggling right now. They did beat the Bills early on in the season. Uh, the Bills are very good right now, but they're still not a great offense. I don't know. The Bills, you, you have trouble taking the Bills so seriously. And the two games against real premier opponents the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens, the Patriots have looked flat. And that is a problem right now for New England, which is good for me because I am a diehard Jet fan. But that is about the only thing that's good for me as a diehard Jet fan, as the Jets fell to 4-8 and eight yesterday with their loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, who got their first win of the season. This is embarrassing as a Jet fan. The first team ever to lose to two teams in one season that were 0-7 or worse. They lost to the Miami Dolphins a couple weeks ago. And this was the Jets team that won three straight games, scoring 34 points per game in their last three. Uh, they were rolling, and they only put up six, point, six points on the very bad Cincinnati Bengals defense. Their rush defense is worse in the league, the Bengals, that is. And the Jets star running back Le'Veon Bell only got 10 carries. I just don't understand that. That is a very bad stat to me. He should be touching the ball way more. Sam Darnold was okay, 239 yards, 28 for 48, but no touchdowns as the Jets failed to score a touchdown in this game. Andy Dalton was back for the Bengals, 22 for 37, 243 yards with a touchdown. Joe Mixon showed up today also. Uh, They moved the ball on the Jets, not so well, but the Jets couldn't move the ball on the Bengals, and that was the difference here. A lot of drop passes from the Jets, they just clearly didn't show up, and it was disappointing because there was a lot of hype going into this game about my New York Jets. And it's just, it's a sad way to really, really put the nail in the coffin on our playoff hopes this season. We fell to 4-8. and eight. The easy schedule was supposed to help us out in the second half, but it seems to have stumped us here as we have the most embarrassing loss of the season to the Cincinnati Bengals. That just about does it here for the Bry Guy cast, the first edition. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be back tomorrow with another one of my favorite things, Marvel movies. We'll be discussing the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, So I'm very excited for that, and I hope you are too. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.